One, two, three, four. I declare a tech war. <laughs> I can read, you can read, we can read. We're reading together. I married you, you married me. We got married, yeah, we married each other. Now we're reading books, talking in mics, discussing stuff with one another. We're a, a couple's book club. We need headsets. That's what we need. Yeah, we do need headsets. Like a televangelist. Like Janet Jackson. Yeah. Mr. Isaac, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> Uh, I like it. I like it. It's a good way to kick things off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a football match where the one guy kicks it to the other guys. Or soccer. Yeah. But I like fo- a football match better. Oh. Tighter pants involved. Sure. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Couples Book Club. Good morrow, my friends. That's Isaac. I'm Lauren. We're married. We read the same book in a time span that was near each other yeah it's approximate listen as far as my timeline goes it this actually year. wasn't too bad yeah well i mean it's this one's breezy yeah it probably took me like it's like fucking cover girl but a like book. maybe four hours total to read yeah that's generous it's a, it's a yeah it's light literally yep this is paperback yep and not very well, long tra- it's a trade paperback too so it's like it's it's a paper themed product that it's made of. <laughs> Could you use it as toilet paper in a pinch? Uh, sure. Okay. Probably. Yeah. I, mean, let's I wouldn't hope recommend we don't it. Get to that point, but no, I think um, you know, the toilet paper is returning to the stores. Nature is healing. Yep. We cetera, are the virus. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. Um, this is our second um quarantine episode. Um, it's not that different because we, again, just record in our living room together anyway. So I guess, yeah, we I guess s- we're, we're socially distanced, sort of. We're not six feet away from each it's, other. Our heads ma- might ma- be. Mouth to mouth might be six feet. Mm, mouth to mouth. Yeah. Hello. I was waggling my tongue at him from the other side. Resuscitating couch. your hearing holes with some knowledge, bitches. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night, we read William Shatner's Tech War, the first in a series, I guess. And clearly, it's part of a series because it just kind of stops. It just stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just ends. It hit his page slash word count. It's like, done. Shatner out. And it is. it does read like, um, like the first couple episodes of a TV series, but like without an actual hook. Like, you meet the characters... They kind of do a thing. This is, it's like, if, if if I may. Please. Uh, we get exposition. Mm-hmm. We get conflict. Okay. We get some rising action. Sure. Stops there. Yeah. Not some foreshadowing. Certainly no con- no uh, climax or resolution. No. It's climax free. Yeah, so if you want to have like literary blue balls, read Tech War. Yep, that's why the font's in it's in blue on the front. <laughs> it's previewing it. Gonna get blue brain after this, motherfuckers. I had a lot of questions about who this naked woman would be, and um, it's an android, and she's naked. Briefly. Very briefly. Yeah, I I expected more robo boobs. I expected there to be a lot of uh, futuristic fucking. Yeah, no android sex scenes or anything. No, no co no coercive android sex Maybe scenes in bo- like in books uh, two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the book. There's, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I'm gonna be perfectly honest in saying that I barely remember this book, and I did not make any notes of major character names. So, you know, I'm kind of reliant on you. Slash, does it really matter? A doesn't really matter. Not convinced that it does. Is it like J- Jake? Jake. Is he the guy? Jake from State Farm. Okay. Jake Cardigan. <laughs> it's um, like Shatner's like, wait, I need a last name. What am I wearing? <laughs> um, lot of um, 
Hispanic characters. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. I've got some feelings about how that's happening. Um, the chick... I mean, it is California, or like well, the greater the greater El, whatever they called area, the greater Southern. California. There's some specific name yeah. for like L.A. Like I think it's, it's Greater own. Los Angeles is the yeah. like, like it's future its sector area. Yeah. So Tech War was written by um, great American actor William Shatner. Thespian extraordinaire. In 1989, um, it was some kind of bestseller, and then spawned a. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering a series. I don't know how many books. If it's like straight up bestseller, or if it's like science fiction list bestseller, or what? Just as phenomenal nationwide I, bestseller. I find it difficult to believe that like lots and lots of people would have been super hyped about this book, especially in '89, because I think when I was reading it, I was imagining it was like, oh, this is from the '70s or something, uh, which would have made maybe a little bit more sense, just because I feel like that's closer to peak Shatner, but. No, he was at a time in his career where he was just ready to try something new. So he he he, he tried. An attempt was made. Might have been might have been the uh, the catchy ad campaign. You're about to get shat on readers. <laughs> and lots of people were into it. Wow. Wow. That's what the, that's what the audience wanted, apparently. Okay. I'm not going to judge. Everyone's into their own stuff. It's cool. So Tech War takes place in in in. Do they ever say? I feel like there's a year put there on it. I want to say like twenty fifty or something. Or is it later than that? I, think it's I don't remember. Twenty one twenty. It's like the semi distant future, but not all that much stuff is different. Twenty one twenty. Okay. Um. It, it's you know somewhat dystopic. Doesn't sound like a great situation. I mean, is the present dystopic as well? Yeah, well, 100 years from now, yeah, it doesn't really sound that much worse, TBH. Yeah. T. B. H. H. I don't know. I don't know what's happening over here. We'll find out. I, for one, am, you know moist with anticipation to see Could where this is going never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> i just meant i was well hydrated what do you think creep um Why are you so gross so the book starts with this fucking robot going to um the what's called the freezer which is a prison in orbit sure where they freeze criminals like cryogenically freeze them um i don't know i don't know maybe it's cheaper than feeding them or maybe it's a punishment but also being in prison is a punishment i don't it, they don't really get into why they do that well i was thinking about it because it's like he's basically just sort of paused because when he when he's sort of released they you know he seems like he hasn't aged or whatever right he hasn't aged or anything and like other than maybe him having some like vague ptsd like nightmares or something that he sort of half remembers when he's out mm -hmm. it seems like maybe not all that bad as far as imprisonment goes because you just sort of stop like you don't have to go through the entire prison experience well i mean yeah. i guess his life sort of gets blown up while he's gone but but that would have happened even anyway if were in prison right, right? like so yeah so he was supposed to be in prison for like eight, ten years or something. He gets out after four um, because somebody's pulled some strings for him. Something you need to know about this book is because it's the future, there's lots of dumb portmanteaus um, that don't need to exist. Like things called laser guns. Just call it a laser gun. We know what a laser gun is. Just made of chips. Brand, brand name, Lace Gun. Everything's made out of plaz something, plaz glass. Stupid. There's a, there's a lot of stuff like that that is very like a retro future way, like a retro way of looking at the future, but it's from the late 80s and it definitely reads 
I think maybe that's partly why I thought it was like 70s too. It's just like, this seems like an even older idea of what the future would be like. Yeah. When a lot of this, besides like the freezer thing, I don't know, people living on the moon. Uh, and like flying cars. Like most of it's not that different. It's just like, yep, everybody's got like devices on them all the time that like tell them shit and you know video calls and stuff like stuff that we do now sure sure 2020 sure i guess we don't really have that many cyborgs that you know of that we know of so the main guy jake cardigan um he's in his later 40s he used to be a cop um but then he got uh framed for running drugs and the drug He's called Tech. With a K. T-E-K. And um, he apparently had developed a tech problem himself, but he says he never um, was involved in he, it. He, he dabbled in tech? It, he, he was never involved in selling it or whatever, um, and that part he was framed for. Well, okay, so tech, it's not really... It's not like a substance. It's like microchip thing that you like hook up to your head what well, just allows you to have like a, a, a extremely realistic experience of like a positive fantasy that you have yeah it's just like a like a yeah it's like a vr kind of thing but um apparently it's addictive you can stop whenever you want man. Mm-hmm. and like he gets so jake gets back from prison he's not sure why he got out early he goes to his house and finds that his wife and son are gone and that his wife has divorced him and he ends up doing tech that night or whatever just just a little bit just to see you know and all he has is this like sad fantasy about his wife and kid like welcoming him home it's just like yeah it's some bleak shit that's great that was one of the best parts of the book is when he's just in like sad bastard mode when he comes back one of my favorite details is sort of related to that scene i don't know if we're getting into notes yet but this is relevant so i'm go for it um i think this is once he gets back to the uh apartment and there's the like I don't know, the computer or whatever that's sort of built into the apartment that, like, lets him know about stuff and mm-hmm. will, like, make him breakfast and that like shit. Google Home. Uh, I think Alexa. it's that that talks about uh, his wife uh, and his kid and refers to his kid as his uh, former son. <laughs> as if they also got divorced. I'm just imagining, like, him and his kids sitting down in, like, a lawyer's office, like, dividing up their toys and, like, who gets to keep the baseball glove and shit. Sure. Which would be amazing or they maybe they they are like working up visitation rules for like the various toys mm. i just imagine it being bitter sure and the two of them like really going at each other about it mm-hmm. making just like passive aggressive comments <laughs> his son who we oh, never my, meet. my whore of an ex-son so, and so his ex kate has moved to mexico with the son and the son's at boarding school and um jake uses his um his like connections from when he used to be a cop to like track her down because she doesn't want to be found and so he's basically like talking to her so the kid was 11 when he got sent to the freezer and it's been four years and kate thinks that seeing her his dad so soon would like mess him up because he hasn't adjusted to what's happened it's been four years dude yeah He's figured it out by now. This is just a thing I marked on 43. So this is Jake arguing with Kate. And he says, if I'd say the whole sentence, he'd be 26 when I got loose. Probably married and with kids of his own and only a vague idea of who the hell I was. Which Maybe, like, except he was also 11. Like He knows who you are. Yeah. Also, like, 26 is pretty young to, like, already have kids. Yeah. I guess maybe they uh, they like to fuck in the future future fuckers future fuckers although again for a book that sort of bills android boobs on the front there's very is there any sex 
I don't think so. Uh, yeah. So that was. I mean, there's lots of like android there's some tension and things in various moments but there's lots of like android brothels and stuff but yeah they just talk about them not yeah it's, it's like, implication there's no actual like there's no actual sex yeah boring yeah so he gets back and he's not a cop anymore and so he hooks up with like a private detective kind of uh firm to like you know have a job slash also sort of track down his uh wife and kid and then, well, the detective agency, they're the ones who pulled strings to get him out to help on this case. Yeah. And it's his um, former, I think it's his former partner from when he was a cop, Gomez, who works for them. Yeah. And um, they are, the case they're assigned is to track down Dr. Kitridge. And his daughter, who, uh, his daughter Beth, who were in some sort of like a sky cruiser accident in Mexico. Yeah. That seems fishy and no one's seen them since. Well, Um, he's supposed to be doing some like important research about tech or has some like sort of major invention related mm -hmm. to it, right? That like a lot of people apparently want a piece of. So, well, he is working on something like anti-tech stuff yeah like basically it's some kind of device that would like like destroy all tech chips on earth or something um and so obviously people who make money from the tech trade like don't want him to succeed right or want him on their side so they can like he can destroy other people's stuff and like give them a workaround or something yeah 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 so either way, they want to get their hands on this dude, either to kill him or to exploit him. Oh, also, there's the moment when um, he's like bickering with the house robot, and he's just saying he wants to do everything himself. And then the house robot, who is kind of bitchy, um, is like, "You want to do everything, including clean up after cleaning up afterwards." And then Jake's like, "Yeah, no, you can clean up." LOL. It's a woman slash robot's job. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so. Jake, because he's lost his family and doesn't have a job, um, decides to join up with Gomez and this private detective agency to do this job. And then the rest of the book is pretty much the job. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting race stuff in this book. Yeah, interesting is a, a polite way to, to put yeah. it, I mm-hmm. suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So apparently... Um, 130 years after you know he wrote this uh shatner imagines that people are um you know have the same like uh nationalities and races and are still like racist in the same way which actually you know what it's humans they will we should try not to be racist but one of my favorite parts with that, and this is very early White on. White people are the worst. I don't know if this is be. when the robot is going on the like shuttle up to get him, or if he. I think this is when the robot's going on the shuttle up to get him out of the freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are like these other prisoners on the shuttle, mm-hmm. and the prisoners are. I have it written down as a black drug dealer, a Hispanic rapist, and a plump blonde whore are like the examples. Yeah, it's some good stuff. So that kind of sets the tone for how they're going to be dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, race and gender and sexuality for for most of this. Yeah, it's it's not great. Yeah, even even for 1989, it's a little bit iffy. Well, and anytime there's like a non-white character, like that's how. That's their identifying yeah. characteristic. Well, can we talk about Gomez and other characters like Spanish? Mm-hmm. There's like Spanglish. Yeah. They're just always dropping in these occasional gratuitous and completely unnecessary, just like little bits of Spanish here and there. Well, and I guess the deal with the Jake character is that he spent like a chunk of his teen years in Mexico with his dad, who was like in the military or something. And so like he at least sort of speak Spanish and has lived in Mexico. So like, I guess it makes it 
okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like this really like stilted, completely unrealistic way. Like if you if you're speaking English to someone else, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to just be randomly dropping in like random Spanish words and phrases like just because. It's just like this constant repeated like poke from Shatner of like, hey, remember th- remember this guy's Hispanic. Yeah. Remember? Remember? See? Well, right. Like if you... I can write diverse characters. Are both like bilingual. Yeah. You might be doing that. I mean, you probably choose one that is your main language, but you'd probably drop in other stuff. But like, yeah, I don't know that Jake ever really speaks Spanish. He just kind of understands what they're talking about when they yeah. drop in Spanish words. Yeah. It's stupid and it's forced and stone. And it's just an interesting, and I say that in the way that a Minnesotan means interesting. Um, it's an interesting choice that he has. You I think know, th- I think that's like an academic interesting too, <laughs> where it's like a loaded interesting. That like 60% of the book takes place in Mexico when there's no reason why it should. But, um, you know. Well, it just lets you know you're getting into real criminal shit once you cross the border into, uh, you know, lawless Mexico. Well, yeah, that's <coughs> the thing. The Mexico has had a civil war and it's run by like drug lords and stuff, which... So TBH, like basically Mexico now? Kind of not that different than now, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, um, this is on 88. I think this is when, uh, Jake officially sort of signs on with the detective agency and is going to be involved in this mission to check on Kitridge, is that his mm-hmm. name, and his daughter. Um, he, he enters the firm and the dude who's in charge of it is just like sitting on his desk playing some saxophone <laughs> as he enters the room. It's just like, what the fuck? This is like the worst, like half-ass noir kind of like opening. Mm-hmm. Just in there playing a saxophone in his office. You never see it again. There's mm-hmm. never any explanation mm-hmm. for it. It's just to establish this guy as like, uh, like a he- a hepcat or something. Yeah, and he like, ha- he like talks to that guy like once or twice more, like via video call. Yeah, he's not like a character like this maybe maybe he appears more in future volumes but maybe. it's like this is a decent amount of establishment or establishing for like someone who's a third or fourth tier character right and then that detail that he plays saxophone it's like i, I did not get that forgot about that uh possibly we have the same thing on 109 i have creepy android professor as my note yeah. on 109 <laughs> yeah which is kind of fucked yeah so at one point jake is uh he's at the socal tech college campus for some reason to look for somebody who cares talking to some eggheads about stuff um and i just want to i just want to read i think that this uh little uh, part of a paragraph is just going to give you a good example of kind of what we're dealing with here as far as the um, world building okay uh let's see so he gets on campus which is i think just mostly like a big building the wide plaza doors whooshed open for him and he entered the multi-floored lobby. Students and a scattering of teachers were moving along the various walk ramps, one word, some aiming upward towards the Vox Books floor, others making their way down to the vid-ed levels. <laughs> Just to the right of the information desk, a Prof Smarts, with the Z, robot sat in a plaza armchair. Chrome-plated, his humanoid face reminded Jake of Winger. That's the robot from before. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's wearing a tweed jacket and, like, smoking a pipe. Professors. And he's, yeah. But you have to, like, run your credit card to, to, like, consult with him. Yeah. That's how teaching should work. What What does he say to the student? He says something creepy. I think that's why I have the note. Um, on the next page yeah so she is researching the greenhouse effect Mm -hmm. timely (laughs) she tells him she can't afford more than a hundred dollars of info this week prof smarts winked well we can slip you a little extra on the side dear oh he'll slip her a little something extra hello even robot professors are predatory hashtag robocock (laughs) just saying yeah, that was that was a, a fun thing that I had marked. Yeah, but that gives you the idea of the, the sort of level of literary mastery that we're working mm-hmm. with here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and it is an awful lot of world building and character description. I'm not going to say development. Because um, a lot of stuff is established and then nothing really happens. It very much reads like what should be the first, I don't know. It depends I would say on like how long the book 20 is. 20% of a narrative. Right. Yeah. It just reads like the first part of something and uh, nothing happens. Yeah. Luckily, the chapters are super short. So I'd be like, okay, I'll make myself read a chapter. And then, like, I've read 50 pages. It's been like 20 minutes. Yeah. No, it's very fast. It has that going for it. But, um, but also, I'm like, this is boring and I don't care what happens. Sure. 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 So at some point, Jake and Gomez go to meet this professor lady who might have a a lead on where Kit Ridge would be because she used to work with him. Um, and they go meet him at like some pier or go to meet her. Um, but turns out she has a ro like an Android double. And then the Android double is killed by uh, like another android that's a kamikaze android that blows yeah. them up yeah like a suicide bomber android yep. um and gomez ends up getting hurt like he fucks up his leg so jake has to go do the rest of the mission by himself which is like then why did you even introduce this character he's not there again presumably he comes back later on but it's i mean he's not there for, until the very end and he comes back he's there for diversity i suppose <laughs> uh but so yeah, for the kind of most of the book, uh, Gomez is like in the hospital or whatever. He consults. Yeah, like he calls him and he talks to him, but like he's not really a, a, he's an not active there. participant in no. most of the stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so, at some point, Jake ends up going into Mexico. He goes into the border. Well, he goes into the borderlands, which is kind of like a. I don't know, kind of seems like a slightly lawless, like, Las Vegas, Tijuana kind of sketchy area where there's just, like, lots of casinos and brothels and um, smugglers and whatnot. Sure, sure. Which is fun. And he goes around because he was a cop. He knows, like, people in the underground and he has, like, sources, like sketchy people he used to like be able to get information from so you know he does some investigation work um it's not interesting no but so clearly somebody knows that jake is coming because as soon as he gets to his hotel he gets um like attacked by a cyborg and i'm pretty sure he ends up chopping that guy's hand off or something yeah was he comes back again later like mm -hmm. pissed off that he chopped his hand off yeah so it's un it's unclear like how human they are but he i marked on 127 that he um he like punched him in the kidneys and apparently that's hurts him but also he can lose a hand and it's not a big deal yeah the, the nature of the of the androids is kind of unclear well in the cyborgs it's like how human are they yeah like clearly know. they're alive but like a lot of stuff is not explained. Yeah. Just sort of, you know, like, like they're human, but not really. Just well, also, go every with cyborg in this book is, like, a bad guy. Like, apparently being a cyborg just make, like, gives you, like, superhuman strength. And so then you, like, work for, like, a drug dealer or something. Sure, 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 sure. Well, they're the only ones who offer full medical, so. <laughs> uh... Can't knock the hustle, man. Uh, 137 is my next one. I don't know if mm -hmm. that's before you have anything. Uh, I don't remember the context of this. Uh, I don't know how you say it. I, I say it as um, as Machiadora, but I don't know if it's Machiladora. Uh, Machiladora. Machiladora. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Machiladora. But there was that was like the one the one aspect of any of the like Mexico stuff where I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is actually something where it's like understanding that there are these like fucking sketchy ass factories where they're just exploiting cheap labor to you know make products and ship them back across the border into the u.s or whatever 
Yeah, they're talking about the because there's like American a, and European com- companies. A very brief mention of that. It's like okay, this is you know mildly self-aware. I feel like especially in '89 in the like sort of proto NAFTA era, mm-hmm. that's like okay, that's you know something versus all the other like mentions and treatment of Mexico, which are like kind of problematic at best. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and there's almost like a winky moment when he. I don't think that I marked it. But he takes a taxi, I think, when he first gets there. And the, like, robot, like, sky cab driver or whatever, it has this, is doing this whole, like, cartoony, like, Mexican thing that he says that the, um, like, the tourists like. Yeah. And so it's, like, kind of, like, an awareness of, like, but just like these occasional little glimmers of something, but then yeah. it just gets buried under this like torrent of other bullshit. Because yeah. the robot's like, is it convincing, senor, or something? Like, it's weird. It's a weird little moment. Yeah, like playing up to, to white expectations about what the, the Mexican experience should be like. But also, it's like, it's just a robot. Why? Who yeah. cares? I don't know, too. It doesn't really matter what's happening. He like teams up with this reporter guy, and he jake he ends up going finding out where the kittredge's um lab was mm-hmm. i think he meets with the real lady that ended up getting her android got blown up yeah so he goes to the lab which is all like empty now and um finds there uh an android copy of beth kittredge the daughter who has memories up until like the last week and apparently she's just like her and has her personality and her memories and shit and um obviously she's naked when he finds her yeah and um yeah so then she basically insists on being like finding her dad and her her and um is insists that she's jake's partner now sex partner except not except not no yeah um and there's this moment on 159 where like he they have somebody comes in to try and attack them somebody involved in tech who cares um and they fight their way out and they are about to uh Oh, they're driving away in a sky car and Beth is driving and she looks over and she goes, you're not used to riding in the passenger seat. And he says, I'd feel more comfortable at the controls. And she's like, then our partnership's going to be an especially valuable experience for you. Oh, banter. She has a mind of her own that was programmed by her dad and herself. Feminists, am I right? Fucking feminist robots. Worst. Fembots. Literal literal fembots. But like not like the Austin Powers ones. Sure. Kind of boob guns, etc. Yeah, there's a hint of boobs on the cover of this and I was expecting more boob. Yeah. Very little boob talk. I uh, uh, despite being a, a very sexist book, there's it's not sexy. There's not, like, any good descriptions of, like, lady bodies or anything. It's just, like, they're just not important characters. Except for the robot. Well, the second book is uh, Tech War, colon, Sex Time. So. (laughs) I actually think it's called. Just gets into. It's called Tech Lords. And then the third book is Tech Lab. Okay. There might be more after that, but that's all the ones that are are listed in 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 this version. There's a moment. A little while later, maybe this is when he ends up running into that reporter. Who cares? Um, But he's talking to him and he asks, we find out that uh, what they call publications are is faxazines. Sure. Sure. One word, which. I Classic XZ combo. But, like, is that how you get it? Like, it prints out on your fax machine? Yep. It's like the old dot matrix printer. 
you hear it and you're like, oh, my issue of GLA week showed up. Oh, also there's this rich guy, Bennett Sands, who um, is definitely fucking Jake's wife. Yeah. Um, and probably helped set Jake up to get arrested right. in the first place. Yeah, we find out eventually that they were having an affair before, but I thought that that was obvious, but apparently Jake didn't He completely, know. yeah. Like, he's not uh, not willing to see it or admit it or what. He just assumed they had, like, a professional relationship. Yeah. Uh, professionally sexy. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, so that guy's wrapped up with working with drug dealers or something for some reason, and it's unclear, and who cares? Yeah. Again, Mostly. who cares? Yeah, so he and and Beth are, uh, Robo-Beth are- Beth, not Beth. Beth, not Beth, are out doing shit. And he's going to, I don't remember where he's going, but he's going to a site where he thinks there's a lead, and he won't let Robo-Beth come. Well, this is when he's trying to, like- Hook up with Warbride, isn't it? Yes. Because he thinks she'll know. Because it's like the the their like sky car probably crashed in an area that she controls. Yes. So she's like a she's a warlord called Warbride. One word. Jake used to fuck her. Sure. Uh, he and the crew used to do her. And um, yeah. So they have a history. Yes. So she would know what goes down in her territory. And he's going to try and get into, like, deeper Mexico. Yep. So that he can ask her about it. Yep. But as he's leaving, uh, Robobeth kisses him on the cheek. And it kind of weirds him out. And she goes, it's on 175. First time you've been kissed by a machine? I guess it is, he admitted, turning away. Guys, before this, he was racist against androids, but that, now he's met a hot one. That guy has totally stuck his dick in a Coke machine before. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> he was trying to get the change out, he said. Okay. Oh, my, my the can got stuck in there. Mm-hmm. You know what loosens it up? Wigs. Jizz. Yep. Jizz, full of wigglers. Exactly. He has to go, to, he has to talk to a number of people to try and even get, like, a meeting with Warbride. Yeah. Just very insulated. Yeah. Um, it's like a toasty attic. There's some, like, uh, cyborg madam that he talks to who, um, on page 201, uh, yells at a dude who is taking pictures during um, like a sexy dance show in the voyeur lounge. And she goes, Hey, chop suey. You're supposed to check your goddamn camera. So mama hashtag, Raina, hashtag race, not very creative with her racism. Yeah. And people keep trying to um, kill him. Sure. Um, including, and it seems like maybe they were sent by one of Warbride's lackeys or something. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Beth ends up coming and saving his ass at some point. And then eventually they're able to get down to where Warbride is. Where she's having a political rally. Well, and her, like, right-hand man, number two guy, is, like, mm-hmm. super corrupt and is trying to, like, it's not, like, a straight-up coup, but he's trying to sort of exert influence yeah, uh, and manipulate events in a certain way, which Jake finds out about. Sure. Uh, tells her about, and then she just, like, straight-up executes the dude. No, no, no. He doesn't even find it out. He suspects. She questions the dude. Who she's fucking. Yeah. And he admits that he's gotten involved in drugs and tried to get Jake killed because he is jealous slash thinks he's still a cop or something. Mm. And she's mad because she doesn't want to be involved in tech. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. And yeah. And kills him. I think around there too, some, maybe it's around the, uh, because I think he's talking with her around that rally or whatever that he steps in on when he first sort of encounters Mm -hmm. her or gets to her. And we find out about, like, that her origin story is kind of bullshit. 
Oh, where she claims that she uh, was... That she was, like, gang-raped as part of, uh, I don't know, one of the civil wars or one of the skirmishes. Yes. Uh, And I I, I don't think it's necessarily suggested that she wasn't raped, but that it was... The story was inflated in a certain way to make her... Yeah, it's unclear. But she... On 224, there's... Yeah, she claims some shit happened to her family... And there was a despot in charge. Despot? Despot? Despot. Despot. That's what I say. Um, ruthless tyrant. Not as bad as the whore who is the president now. Sure. Because it's a lady, so she calls her a whore. Um, I do. 224, she says, I've been called war bride since the day I was raped by federal soldiers. Raped by five men who served a tyrant. I've been war bride since that day. And she's not going to get married because she would be married to war. And then they all chant her name and shit. And then later... She says something about how the story itself is cooked up. Um, I think her brother didn't get killed by, like, the government or whatever. He actually just, like, OD'd on tech or something. Yeah. And I don't know if she ever was actually raped. If nothing but else, the it's number kind of... keeps going up every time she tells the story to make it more dramatic. And she admits that. If nothing else, it's just kind of gross because it's like... Uh... You know, women are going to exaggerate their stories or, like, say things happened to them that didn't happen to them kind of thing. No, it's 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 uh, capital P problematic. Yeah, I did, not, I did not care for that. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, I used to say three, but then five, being gang raped by five sounded better. Yep. Uh, this is where he's talking about Beth, not Beth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's saying that, I don't remember the exact sort of logic or the way it's sort of laid out, but it's like, he he checks himself for a minute and he's like reminding himself that this isn't actually her mm-hmm. and that he doesn't actually have these this sort of relationship with or these feelings for Beth. Yeah. He has them for this sort of android version of Beth. Mm-hmm. But he says like, you know, whether it's not Beth or not, he says, you know, in a way she is like the actual Beth. And I just put no in caps next to it. It's like, no, this is like a like a, you know, simulacrum of this woman. Yeah. Like, as much as they can try to approximate it and give her the same experiences and memories and whatever, like, this is fucking Android version. Right. Like, you, fe- you fell in love with or were intrigued by the idea of this person. Yeah. That you maybe had some sort of memory implanted in you when you were in the freezer or some, like, premonition of yeah, that, when you were really in the freezer. Uh, and so you just, out. like, fixated on her and are deciding, like, oh, I'm, I'm in love with her. I like her. I have this these feelings or this relationship with her. It's like, no you don't and i feel like it's it's this moment where like as readers we're supposed to identify with him or like think this is cool or important and it's like no this is not like an actual relationship yeah it's like it, it does not at all predict how you will like actually you know like real beth might hate you work with real beth yeah yeah she just... she's a person who's complicated and this is an android who is pseudo complicated yeah, so that was a problem. Uh, I've just got one one left on 278. Okay. So. Um, on 257, um, Jake's going somewhere, and he sees... Uh, <laughs> just read this to you. Uh, in the sky high above, a huge sky van, one word, was slowly gliding through the misty twilight. It's not even a portmanteau. It's just a, like... It's just a unnecessary... Uh, the compound word he does for all these. Anyway, a giant vid screen was embedded in its underbelly showing images of President Romero. Not a fetching woman, Jake said to himself. <sighs> oh, be fine if she was hot. But yeah. Warbride continues to refer to her as like a whore and a bitch. Don't need uggo leadership. Just saying. It's true. Uh, my last one's on 278. And this is he is. He's going to a place called the Pleasure Dome, which I think is just like a super casino, basically. Uh-huh. Because um, I think Kittredge is actually being held there, ultimately. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is like the inner sanctum of, like, Hokori. One of, one of the tech dealers, yeah. Yeah, he's like a big drug Major kingpin. tech lord. Um, but anyway, uh, when he enters the Pleasure Dome, 
we finally get the payoff of android boobs because mm-hmm. there are like these topless servers that are working oh, there yeah. and it's like 278 pages in we finally get like some substantive boob shatner and that's it just a fleeting a fleeting glimpse of boob oh also then... um <laughs> they try to uh, assassinate jake by sending an android uh version of his son yeah which like he should be suspicious of sure sure um and he's like gonna run towards him and then robo best figures out and she um sacrifices herself but yes she sacrifices herself and it's just kind of like okay well she's dead well it's i I feel like it's like just as he's really starting to develop these close sort of feelings for her Mm mm-hmm and I feel like it's another one of those moments where it's supposed to like push a button and we're supposed to feel bad. And this is this major tragedy. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. She was like a non-character anyway. So fine. I mean, she was very helpful to him. Yeah. Which means Jake has to go it alone now. Yeah. So then there's like the final showdown at the Pleasure Dome. And he confirms that Bennett Sands is there. And finds his ex-wife there naked in his bed. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've been fucking him all along. Didn't you know? You dumbass. And Jake, can you find Kit Ridge? Yeah. But not the daughter. But no, not the, Beth. Beth isn't there. Beth isn't there. And I think that's the end. Yeah, I think that's pretty much where we get sort of cliffhanged, if you will. Cliff hung? Hung on a cliff? Oh, okay. So what happens is um, we get all these hints that actual Beth no longer trusts her dad because she finds out that he's working with these shady people and that Sans is uh, hooked up with the tech people and um, they're maybe going to pay him off to like not make a thing or something. Who knows? And so um, we find out that she's escaped and that she... Yeah, or she's disappeared. And so um, Jake does the tiniest amount of detective work, um, like tracking travel records and finds. Okay, so Jake is trying to figure out like where she would have gone. And then he remembers uh, Robo Beth talking about her uncle's like, like moon cottage. That's like her favorite retreat. So he thinks that's probably where real Beth went. And they find somebody with a an alias, Be- Bev Kingsmill, who's gone to the moon. He and Gomez go to the moon to find Beth. And um, he does. And he's like, hey. I forgot about the moon thing. I'm Jake Cardigan. And she's like, yeah, I know. And that's the end. Yeah. That's the end. It's the end. Like that, you remember that part in uh, "Miss You Much," the Janet Jackson song. Do you know that? I'm sure I. Or like at the very end of the song, she goes like, "That's the end." <laughs> like they were recording it, like she didn't know when the song stopped, and mm. they just like kept it, which is endearing. Sure. And that song's a jam. Sure. Control era, Janet. Sure. Possibly the peak, although. Janet. Period. The album. Maybe my favorite. Okay. Again, my sad jam. It's a tangent, but appreciate Janet Jackson. So we told you all the important stuff. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't terrible. It was just like aggressively mediocre, I think was my sort of reading of it. And the pacing was bad. I think it's, well, it's it's mostly exposition, which mm-hmm. is not great. No. It basically read to me kind of like, a really shitty kind of like do androids dream of electric sheep kind of rip off mm-hmm. that it's just like by the numbers science fiction yeah in like the worst kind of way yeah, it's not good yeah so we've read worse stuff oh, but it was just good it's no 50 it was just kind of like yeah yeah no it's not yeah it's not very good i don't care what happens no I you're, think... you're not going to re- be reading the other two books <laughs> It'll only I, take you like three hours. That's true. I feel like probably all three of the books, though, they might be one decent storyline. Uh, Why do it in one when you can do it in three? I think that is what they decide. Yeah, tech war. It's Fight. a thing that happened. Drug, future drug war. Yep. 
So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah what do happened. we what do we do next? Do we decide? I believe we decided on Pride and Prejudice. Oh, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Which I read over twenty years ago. And I, who have a literature degree, <laughs> have never read any Jane Austen. Yeah. It's one of many blind spots, so it's time to amend make amends for that slash amend that oversight yes yeah and i feel like i've read i've read all the major novels at some point but yeah that's the one i read when i was like in junior high and i don't think i ever went back to it although i've seen like all the adaptations yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i love it and i remember enjoying it but it being like difficult for me to read at 14 because yeah. of the old-timey language but <sighs> I think it'll be fun. Be better than this, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do next. Um, don't do tech war. Or tech. Don't do tech. Don't do tech. Seems. Don't have a war, but also yeah. don't do that book to yourself. Yeah. That's my recommendation. We suffered so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Take it like, one for the team. Like Jesus like that. Yep. Ow. Ow. Yeah. So we're reading Pride and Prejudice next. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at couplesbookclubcast at gmail.com. We have a website, couplesbookclub.blog. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. Yeah, this is one of those ones that sort of falls into that medium zone where, like, it's not terrible enough to really rip into it. Right. But not good enough to truly engage with. Right. So you just got like a handful of a handful of things, but it's mostly just like beneath notice. Just like some stuff happened. None of it was very interesting. None of it was very interesting. Uh, and maybe exacerbated by the fact that it's like the first volume of a trilogy. Yeah. So it's even like engineered for stuff to not happen, and it still falls short, even with that very modest goal. So you know, polite half clap, William Shatner, but. You did it. You wrote it. A book. Step step your shit up next time. I've never written a book. You wrote a thesis. That's kind of like a book. That's true. How long was it? It probably has more words in it than this. Um, it was, I think, without, like, citations and uh, bibliography and stuff, it was a little over 90 pages, I think, of text. I mean, if those count, I've written two books. Yeah. Both of which are wildly unreadable, but probably still better than this. Sure. Maybe. If, you, if you're into 9-11 stuff. Yeah. And unnecessarily dense theory things. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like reform, reform theory head, maybe. That's how I would describe myself. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's been a struggle. I'm always, like, sneaking off to the other room to, like, look at some Zizek or some shit. Fuck that dude. The worst. Oh, that guy definitely refuses to wear a mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. America slash the world. Stay safe. Stay the fuck home. Take your sleazy. Exactly. That feel organic? Yep. Okay, good. <laughs>